This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. In life, it's not where you go, it's who you travel with. Charles Schultz. I was trying to like call my friends and family to let them know, and... The service was terrible, as you could imagine. So we were like hiking up and I'm like checking my phone to see if we have any bars and, um, you know, keep hiking. Finally, we get a bar that seems like stable. So I'm like, who should we call? So we called his mom and his mom happened to be out on a bike ride or something. So she didn't have the best reception either. Um, but I think it was Jacob said, so I asked Kelsey if she would marry me. And then I was like, and I said, yes. And then just silence on the phone, nothing. And I was like, oh boy. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right. This week, we get to talk about love on the trail. You know, there's nothing better than being able to share the great outdoors with your significant other, or so I've heard. 
As we all know, Mrs. Doc is not exactly into sleeping in the dirt or pooping in the woods. And that's okay. However, this week's guests are a couple who have some great stories to tell, including a proposal on the trail. So welcome to the John Freaking Mirror Pod, Kelsey and Jacob. How's it going, guys? What's up, Doc? We're doing great. <laughs> We're excited. Fantastic. Did I get that right? Is there, are we going to hear some stories of love on the trail? Yes. For very sure. romantic. <laughs> I can tell all. already there, there is no distance between the two of you. If, you, if you're not watching <laughs> this on YouTube, I mean, they are... They are closely uh, knit, obviously. Living in a van helps that. <laughs> yeah, I'm essential. <laughs> you know, living in a van and being on the trail, there are no secrets. This is true. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Each of you knows everything about the other person. And if, if you guys are good with that and you survive that, that means that you are a forever couple. So congratulations. Feels good. He's stuck with me. Now, you know, in America on the, on the long trails or even on, even on shorter trails, there, there is a peculiar American tradition where we assign trail names based on your background, based on something that happens, a funny story, maybe, uh, maybe some, some peculiarity that you exhibit. Have you guys had a chance to pick up trail names along the way? I, I have picked up a trail name, yes. Okay. Jacob, what do we have? And we have to hear the story behind it as well. Yeah. So, um, this was, I was probably around like 11, 12 years old. Um, first time we summited Long's Peak, uh, in the Rocky Mountains and we were doing some, you know, just like day hiking, I think maybe a backpacking trip leading up to that. And we went to the ranger station, I think to pick up our backcountry passes and whatever, just, you know, get the lay of the land. And talking with the ranger and, you know, I'm with my family members, um, two uncles and my dad, or maybe three uncles, I think. And, um, I'm just, you know, this little kid hanging out and this ranger is talking to them and they said, he turns and looks at me. He says, him, he is exactly what the cougars are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> like they'll, they're coming behind you. Don't let him be in last. Don't let him be in the front. Always between people. The cougars are out there and they will pick him right up. <laughs> and, and it was like, all right, great. And so I'm, you know, terror. I'm like 12 years old. I, I was feeling pretty comfortable at that. But then I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I getting myself into? And of course, that you know, had my, to be my, disconcerting as a 12 year old to hear that yeah, from the yeah. ranger. The ranger, you know, the authority is like, you, you're going to get killed by a cougar for sure. <laughs> and, so, um, you know, as we're leaving, I, my, you know, family is just trying to, you know, make light of it a little bit and joke around and shout out to uncle John. Um, he says, I think we should call you cougar bait. I, you know what? I, I had a feeling that might be the name cougar bait. <laughs> and so there was cougar bait from then on. Okay. And, yeah. And did it happen to work out that Kelsey, are you older than Jacob? I am a little bit older than Jacob. Oh, well, hey, you know, multiple meetings. You got to love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> the name six round. <laughs> you know, your Instagram handles are Parks and Tech, mm-hmm. right? That's your Instagram account, Parks and Tech. And I thought tonight that, that when I asked this question about trail names, and I love being surprised at, at these kinds of things, I thought your trail names were going to be Parks and Tech. One of you is Parks and one is Tech. <laughs> And I was trying, I was debating in my mind, I said, which, which one do I think is going to be tech? 
but that's that's obviously not the case. Yeah. No, Jacob earned that trail name. Um, I every time I go on the trail, I'm like, maybe this time I'll get a trail name. I think I want it too badly, so it's mm-hmm. never going to happen for me. So yeah, that's actually why we're it, here. Hoping you the can more assign. You want it, the, the tougher it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, maybe maybe we can find a, a trail name for you during the episode tonight. That'd also. be a dream. Perfect. Okay. We'll, we'll keep our ears open for that. But uh, during the course of the episode, we, we, we typically go by trail names if you have one. So, uh, Jacob, this is the last time I will mention that name. You are Cougar Bait from this point forward. I'm Doc, and we have Kelsey, but we're on the lookout for a trail name for Kelsey. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> great. Hey, have the two of you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? We have. Lots of hours in the van means lots of podcast time. Okay, nice. I only ask because I want to make sure that you are familiar with a segment that happens towards the end of the episode called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. That's where I will turn to the two of you. And I always love when I talk to a duo because that means we get two pro tips for the week. So uh, I'll turn to you and ask you to share some, some bit of trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. And you are expected to drop trail wisdom throughout the episode, but you will be on the hook for one at the end. All right, we're ready. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. All right. And hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the Must Bring Gear Review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Outdoor Vitals. And here's how it works. And oh, I just I just blew this. So apologies to my youngest daughter, Half Calf. I always I have I have introductions from her on the segments. So excuse me one second. The Must Bring Gear Review. Okay, there we go. <laughs> So another feature we've been doing is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, outdoor vitals. Here's how it works. If you're a lady stranger, pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike. What is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Kelsey and Cougar bait, what is your must bring piece of gear? And we'll do ladies first. Um, I would say I have to have fancy socks. Like I'm good with bare bones, everything else, but I need my $30 pair of socks. (laughs) And I always pack way too many because I have no one to get blisters on the trail. So that's where all of my REI money goes. And every time we get a dividend, it's always restocking on socks. I, I love the fact that you you characterize these as fancy socks, <laughs> not hiking socks or in gingy socks or you know a brand name pair of socks, but fancy socks. That gives me that gives us all some insight into Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There may be a trail name in there somewhere. I'm, I'm going to think on this. <laughs> Top shelf socks only for yeah. Kelsey. <laughs> Top shelf, love it. All right, how about you, Cougar Bait? So. Uh, the boots I got for our Kilimanjaro hike, um, I just, I love those boots so much. They're Vasque hiking boots, um, waterproof, super tough, super comfortable. And I put on, you know, a few hundred miles on those and uh, I just love them. So I won't go anywhere without them. Okay. So Vasque hiking boots. I would just like to point out that to the two of you, that the question was about, you know, if someone if someone's going to pack your bag and you both listed things that don't go in your bag. Well, I mean, you, extra pairs may go in your bag if, if we're talking about fancy yeah. socks. But. <laughs> he loves those boots, man. Yeah. He loves them. Okay. Very good. Hey, another section, another segment we're doing to help us talk about gear is the 
It's the hiking pole. The hiking pole. That's right. So this is a seven question survey that's going to help me determine where you fall on a scale from one to a hundred on the crazy scale with 100 being completely sane and one being absolutely bonkers. So are you ready for this? Okay. Yep. Bring it on. And again, we get, we get two for the price of one. So we're going to have two scores tonight. One, one for Kelsey and one for Cougar bait. Although if your, if your answers are pretty similar, I mean, you may have a similar score. So here we go. All right. First question. Pretty easy. Trekking poles or no trekking poles? No poles. No poles. Neither no. of you. No poles. Why not? Coordination, the sound. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I'm just a thumb underneath the backpack strap kind of guy. So that's where my hands live the whole time I'm hiking. So I, I don't know. That's just. Yeah. I imagine if, if your thumb was underneath your backpack strap and you had hiking poles, that'd be pretty awkward. <laughs> yeah. Kind of defeats the purpose. Probably keep yeah. people away from you though. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you would maintain distance, so safe social distance in this, this time. Okay. All right. Next question. Boots or trail runners? Trail runners for me. Yeah, I got to go boots. I have done trail runners before, but I like a good stable boot that you can kick rocks with. And, <laughs> and Kelsey, why, why do you go with trail runners? My blister problems. I, I just don't trust hiking shoes. I mean, I've had good ones before, but the break in time, it's just too short of a period where I'm actually enjoying them. So I like my hokas. Yeah, you are not alone in that. I think uh, going with trail runners was a game changer for me. You know, with, with boots, I was always having to take care of my feet. You know, three days into a hike, I'm t- all I'm doing is, is feeling my feet, taking care of my feet, dreading putting the boots back on. And, and when it went to trail runners, that just, it changed the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think it makes hiking like less intimidating too, for folks. Like you can get out there in whatever shoes and you don't have to have fancy hiking specific types of shoes. So I love it. Yeah, Good point. Good point. Uh, Cougar bait, never any problems with blisters with your boots? Uh, not never, but definitely less than Kelsey. So I don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, your preferred shelter system, tent, tarp, hammock, or cowboy camping? Tent. Yeah, we've always been tent people. So maybe, maybe we'll try hammock sometime. Separate okay. hammocks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make that clear. <laughs> we've tried double hammocks and not with this one. Yeah. <laughs> now you say not with this one. What does that mean? <laughs> It's a very mobile sleeper, I guess. <laughs> He's a wiggler, huh? Uh-huh. Moves uh-huh. around a lot. Yeah. Okay. How about your sleep system? Sleeping bag or quilt? I'm team sleeping bag. Yeah, we have a double sleeping bag that we, uh, we've used quite a bit. Okay. It's All right. pretty slick. Even even the wiggler there, cougar bait, uh, you prefer a sleeping bag to a quilt? Because I, I found myself kind of constricted with a sleeping bag. I'm a side sleeper. I kind of move around a little bit. And the quilt really, really allows that freedom of movement. The key is zippers on both sides of the sleeping bag. And he pretty much just keeps it open. So I guess it's kind of like a quilt. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But on cold nights, I'm a huge fan of the sleeping bag. Yeah. 
Okay. What we is, even what donated it to the van because we love it so much. And just in case. Right. Always have the double sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a, a particular brand or weather uh, temperature rating that you prefer? Well, when we I bought that sleeping bag when we first went to the Grand Canyon, um, and it was supposed to be rated for 30 degrees. And I thought that was plenty because it was May and we were in Wisconsin and it was like 70 degrees out. And it was like 25 degrees when I woke up the first morning we were there. And so, yeah, we were glad that it was as warm as it was because it was very cold outside the tent. Um, Yeah. Our engagement trip was that one. Oh, we're going to get to that story. Hang on. (laughs) All right. And, And are you in your van right now? Yes, we are. And where is the van parked? Outside of the Sopapillas factory in New Mexico. (laughs) We saw Sopapillas off the side of the road. So we're like, and turns out there's good internet here. So we decided to take the interview. (laughs) Win-win. Fantastic. Uh (laughs) All right. This next question, very important, huge point deduction if you answer incorrectly. So be very careful here. All right, you're you're are you are you a stove couple, cold soak or stoveless? I know the right answer here because we've listened to enough podcasts of yours. <laughs> um, we are definitely a stove couple. <laughs> now, are you just saying that because it's the right answer, or is that actual truth? That's the truth. That's yeah. When we're like hiking or out and about, and like in the van, we have a stove with us that we break out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have we have done uh, like just car camping with just over the fire before, and that's super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say in general we're still. It's got to be hot though, and, you know, right. no cold soaking. Yeah, yeah. There's sure. something satisfying about hot food. Yeah, yeah. especially after, after a long, a long day. day and if it's cold yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you know, to any future guests who are listening. You know, don't don't just give me the right answers because you're hoping to avoid a low score. There is like a badge of honor to have a low low score. I mean, through hikers, through hikers are all a little bit crazy. So you know, own that. It's okay. All right. Hey, is life better above or below the tree line? Hmm. I would say right now in the van we're kind of weather wusses. So we just don't tolerate heat very well because we have no air conditioning and we don't tolerate cold very well just because it can freeze our pipes and freeze our battery and stuff like that. So we're, we're very much moderate temperatures right now. So that's where my, my mind goes is anywhere. It's a nice moderate temperature. We're all about. I think I'm below the tree line too. Um, We spent a lot of time in the desert um, over this winter and just seeing trees everywhere is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. Now this last question, I've gone back and forth on, you know, what this last question should be. I think I'm going to change it a little bit to, uh, I'm going to update it from the outline version that you have. So my question is, do you pack for comfort or speed when you're backpacking? I pack for speed and then pack everything else that I want for comfort in Jacob's pack. <laughs> Smart. That is good. <laughs> That's good. I think you get some bonus points for that answer. You, you, you. load up the, uh, the, the cougar bait with uh, all the extra stuff. Do I get crazy points or not crazy points? 
um, if, okay, here you, you get points for sanity because you don't want to carry that stuff. And if, if Cougar bait has no objection, he gets some crazy points for, for carrying the extra weight for you. Okay. I'll take it. Happy wife, happy life. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very good. Let me do some quick math here. That's the end of the hiking poll. Uh, I'm going to carry the two and divide by pi going to multiply by the uh, unknown X factor here and uh, Cougar bait. You've got a score of 71 and Kelsey, you have a score of 76, both very solid. So congratulations on that. Now those scores are subject to change as the interview evolves tonight. Uh, You may get some additional points or you may lose some points. We'll, We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. We'd love to hear about your uh, origin stories, kind of where you, where you grew up, where you spent your time as a kid. Um, did you get, did your families take you on, on hiking and backpacking trips or how did you get involved in the, the backpacking cult? So who wants to go first? So I didn't really get into hiking until I met Jacob. Um, I was very much into the outdoors. My family, we were always at the cabin, always hunting and fishing, um, love getting lost in the woods, but just never really considered myself a hiker. And um, Jacob and I started dating in college and I was out in DC for a summer doing an internship. And Jacob was like, hey, my family wants to invite you on this hike. And it's a little bit intense, but I think you could totally do it. And I was like, oh boy, (laughs) I don't know what this means. What gear do I need? Um, So came back from DC, flew home to Minnesota and kind of went to Cabela's with my dad and asked the person, what do I need to hike? And um, the hike was Long's Peak. That was my first really big hike and first 14er was my first hiking trip was a 14er um after we got acclimated and yeah it was a great great way to pull me in and um meet his family (laughs) in kind of an extreme way but it was kind of been hooked since okay now what uh where did you grow up again minnesota Minnesota. Okay. And, and Cougar Bay, was that, was that your experience as well? Minnesota? Uh, I'm from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So, yeah. We met at college and we both went to uh, Madison for college. Okay. All right. And we, we already know from your earlier story that uh, you were, you were, you received your trail name when you were about 12 years old. So you were out there doing, doing some hiking. Was that a yeah. common practice with your family? Yeah, I really have uh, my dad to thank for getting me out there um, fairly young. Um, and yeah, I mean, most of the craziest stuff that both of us have done, I think it's been planned by my dad. <laughs> so um, yeah, including the Long's Peak trip. That was the first one that we did, Kelsey. And um, just hiking uh, in the Rockies um, and Grand Canyon um, and wherever else, I guess, just in the Midwest. Um so yeah, that I, a little bit more of a background, but I think our definitely our best memories are together. <laughs> okay, and the two of you when you were at Madison, I mean, how did you meet? And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Fancy Socks first. We're gonna try that name on for a little bit. <laughs> Fancy Socks. I mean, what, did you guys have a class together? Did you see him across the campus? Uh, was it you at a mixer or something? How how did that work? <laughs> and was it and was it love at first sight, or or is this something that uh, the both of you had to warm up to? 
Well, I'm very curious to hear Jacob's answers. Um, but <laughs> uh, we met in the marching band. We both. Oh, you guys are bandos. We are bandos. Trumpet. You, you, so obviously, you you played you played instruments in high school then as well. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, right, well. So I actually went to UW um, to play softball. Um, so I was there my freshman year playing softball, and then decided to kind of take the 180 and uh, try out for the band. And um, that's ultimately where we met. We met junior year and um, Jacob was leading some like after, sorry, Cougar bait was leading some after band like ab exercises. <laughs> and I was like, cool, I'll join. And that's kind of how we met. And then uh, for nine months, I was friend zoned and <laughs> We went nine months in the friend together. zone. Yeah, we and, went and with you saying fancy socks with you saying that you were in the friend zone. That kind of implies to me that you wanted to you wanted to be something more. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I was like, what's wrong with this kid? <laughs> <laughs> but we went to um, Niagara Falls. I feel like this is kind of sparked or a good example of our sense of adventure. Um, so one weekend during college. Jacob sent me an article that Niagara Falls had frozen and that it doesn't often freeze. So I'm like, we got to go. So we literally drove from Wisconsin to Canada um, to see Niagara Falls. And we went with our friend, Michael. And this was, this was before we were dating, but along that trip, I met his grandparents because they oh, lived wow. in Indiana. Um, yeah, it was this whole thing. So, okay. Now uh, let's hold that thought for a second there. Fancy socks. There's some stuff to unpack here. I have some, I have some questions for, for cougar bait here. Okay. So we've heard, we've heard fancy socks uh, version of events here. First thing I want to get to is what's up with the ab exercises for the, for the, uh, for the bandos. And I mean, <laughs> I know from my from my previous life as a high school principal, and I know how much goes into marching band. I mean, there it, it is, it is complex. It's a lot of work. Those kids are sweating when they're when they're out there. And so, was this just for the tuba players who were uh, you know uh, carrying those large instruments and they need to work up work on their core, or was this for you know, or was this just an excuse to to uh, make your move? <laughs> I wish I could say it was that well planned out, but. No, we take March Man very seriously at Wisconsin, and uh -huh. sometimes he's got to take it up to the next level. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and those ab exercises lead to the next level. That's how you level up in band is, is more Strong core. Strong core. You're important. That's right. Okay. Balance. Now, did you intentionally put fancy socks in the friend zone for nine months? Not intentionally. No. You know. I, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it was not on purpose, but you know, it just took me a while to get with the game. And then eventually, after she agreed to go to Niagara Falls with me one weekend, I was like, maybe, maybe she likes me a little bit. So a month later, I made my move. So did you reach out to all the band members and tell them, hey, Niagara Falls has frozen over. Let's go. Just the one. Just the one. <laughs> And a month from that point is when you made your move. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like four months. No, one month. <laughs> Fancy socks. Fancy socks. Fancy socks. Was it worth the wait? Yes. Aww. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching this on YouTube, you need to stop the episode right now and tune into YouTube. This is, this is hilarious. The looks they're giving each other. 
You're waiting to see what the other one's going to say. This is great. Oh, the best question, though, is why did you feel the need to do exercises after band? I'm like, yeah, why did you feel the need to do that? Don't have a great answer. Cougar Bait tells his fellow band members there is no other band program program doing ab exercises after <laughs> after practice. Let's level up. Let's yeah. take it to the next level. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Now you you are living in a van. You're you're traveling uh, where you want. How how are you funding this exercise? That's what I you know I always ask folks. You know how are they paying for their adventures? How are they paying the bills? Uh, are you working remotely? Do you have uh, a nest egg that you've built up and you're now dipping into? Do you have financial support some other way? Because um, I know there are adventurers out there just longing to break free from their jobs and and find out how you're doing this. Yeah. So. Obviously, COVID hit. Um, everything went remote. My job, it was a pretty smooth transition to going remote. So I work in healthcare IT. Um, and we were just kind of home a lot. And we're like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> um, so we found this van that was in Idaho at the time. And we flew out to Idaho. And we got the van. And then we just kind of figured out how to get working remotely from the van. Um, so that's my side of things. I work full time um, doing healthcare IT. And it's great. I, it's really nice to have the flexibility and uh, my job allows me to take every other Monday off. It's just kind of written in. So Mondays are a great time to go explore the trails when no one else is out there. And yeah, it's been a really good thing. And I'm super lucky to be able to have a solid income and do this. But Jacob's story is a little bit more interesting. <laughs> is, that the, is that the new direction for healthcare IT? Is it that a lot of them have gone remote? Yeah. I mean, I'm able to support hospitals across the country um, and just log in um, through a VPN. And we've been really lucky to be able to find awesome internet in like national forests and BLM land. So we can open up the doors, go for long, like lunchtime walks with the dog. And yeah, it's perfect. Oh, that's the first I've heard of a dog. What, what kind of dog do you have? We have a puggle named Georgia. Um, she's 11. So she's, she's an old girl, but she's perfect for the van. Cause she, she pretty much sleeps most of the time. Part cat. <laughs> yeah. Perfect for the van. You wouldn't want to have a great Dane or a St. Bernard, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, she's enough. And she's like 30 pounds. So. Well, I, you know what? I forgot to ask what, what instruments did you play? I played the trumpet. I played trombone. Trumpet and trombone. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Fancy socks, trumpet. I think I like fancy socks better than <laughs> trumpet. Trumpet might have a, a, a little bit of a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, fancy socks doesn't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I like fancy socks. That's good. Tell your work from home story. Uh, yeah. So before last year, I was a medical student, um, but I had our uh, also started getting involved in a startup um, in the radiology AI space. Um, and then again, with just the pandemic and Kelsey being able to work remotely, I was getting interested in this whole van life thing. Uh, I decided to take a year off of med school to work full-time on the company, um, on the startup. So yeah, I'm also working full-time remotely. Um, and that was also pretty natural because it was remote. Even during med school, my co-founder lives in North Carolina, so we've always been 
uh, working remotely. Um, so yeah, we're both able to, you know, be gainfully employed, but also travel the country and um, as much as possible during the week, you know, we try to get to a national park or two um, when it's less busy on the weekends, you know, we, we move around and we, you know, we do a little bit bigger adventures when we can. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's been great. We've been able to be like the only car in the parking lot in like Zion, <laughs> which you don't get to experience very often. No. How nice is that? Now, uh, Cougar Bait, tell me, tell me a little bit more about your, your startup. It's, you said radiology and AI. How does that work? What's going on there? Yeah. So we create, um, basically computer algorithms that help diagnose radiology studies. Um, and there's a variety of applications to do that. And so we partner with hospitals and some other companies to deliver uh, software to hospitals to help, um, you know, radiologists make diagnosis. It uh, helps like screen exams. So radiologists can read urgent exams faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and also look for mistakes that radiologists might have missed, um, especially these days with how high imaging volumes are and how busy hospitals are. Um, try to, you know, fill the gap a little bit with some of the mistakes that humans make um, Mm -hmm. and try to improve patient care. So, yeah. Okay. Now I don't, I don't want to tell you what to do, but you know, how cool would it be for you to get your, your medical degree and live in a van and just travel the country and, you know, help people in various situations. Like it's like a, it's almost like a novel. I could, I could, I could picture that. I love it. We um, actually both were first responders before we decided to pick up our life a little bit. So I, I could see it. I could see it. Okay. Well, first responders, uh, you each have to now share your scariest first responder story. Of course, we'll leave the names out of it because uh, we don't want to violate HIPAA, but uh, any any particular, <laughs> you know, uh, knee knocking, nervous first responder stories. Hmm. I think of responding to a wildfire call um, that I think about all the time because we've run into wildfires on our on our travels and um, it's pretty much dropped off with a shovel um, and a broom because those are actually pretty effective at putting out um, fires. And it, it was it was pretty small scale. It was in a city, so it's not like a huge forest, but um, just the adrenaline. And it's a lot less scary than being in a house, in my opinion. Um, those stories are less fun for me to share. But um, yeah, just the raking and <laughs> sweeping we did to keep that fire under control was like unbelievable and a really cool thing to look back on when I drive past that field and the, the development of houses to think of like what it could have um, spiraled into. So that's one of my favorites. Right. So Kelsey's a firefighter, by the way. Yeah. And I, I'm an EMT, a volunteer EMT. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. I, I've had some crazy stories. Um, my very first call was what we call PNB. Um, if you watch like medical TV, it's like a code. Um, basically it means pulseless, not breathing, um, which is, you know, as serious of a call as you can get. And, uh, yeah, so that was definitely memorable. The very first uh, ambulance call I got and had to do CPR and um, all that stuff. So, And if you're doing CPR right, there's actually like a cracking of the ribs, right? You have to be pushing hard enough to get the get the heart moving, physically yeah. moving. And yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's, uh, that gives me chills. I don't recommend uh, having CPR done on you. It's not great. <laughs> It'll save your life, but you're going to feel it for a while. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I guess feeling it for a while is, is better than never feeling again. Not so feeling it, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Fancy Socks and Cougar Bait about the romance story, as well as uh, other stories of adventure and van life. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Mearpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence-inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultralight. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome back. We were talking to Fancy Socks. That, that name is really growing on me, by the way. Fancy Socks. That's what I, I like it. Yeah. And Cougar Bait uh, about uh, uh, their story. And some of, we're, we're going to talk about some of their adventures here. And I'd like to go back to the romance story just for a little bit. Uh, we talked a little bit about Niagara Falls, how uh, Cougar Bait made his move by inviting you to go see f- the frozen over Niagara Falls. How did that go? I mean, what, what did you infer from that, that uh, invitation? Fancy socks. I mean, did you, is this, you're thinking, okay, he's, he's only called me. He's asked me and this, this could be something here. You know, you would think that, but <laughs> when a college boy books a hotel room overlooking Niagara Falls, you kind of think like he's going to make a move. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. 
<laughs> so I was perplexed. Um, my roommates were like, keep giving this kid a try. He's going to ask. He's obviously into you. Um, so I re you really have my roommates to, to thank for that. It's true. But yeah, that was just the start of, of many adventures to come. Okay. Now, you, of course, you, I never know what the answer I'm going to get when I ask the question. It could be it's none of your business. So feel free to, to say that. I no, no offense taken. But uh, Cougar Bay, did you, book, did you book two hotel rooms or was it one hotel room and you slept on the couch or what, what's going on there? Well, so it was one hotel room. Okay. But to be fair, our friend Michael was along. Okay. I don't, do you remember the sleeping arrangement? Yes, I do. Thank you for <laughs> that clearly. <laughs> Two beds. And then um, they upgraded us to this like incredible suite, um, like top floor, truly overlooking the falls. Um, and there was a separate like living room space, which is where Michael stayed. And he was rooting for us too. Um, he's like, I'll just be over here. <laughs> and still nothing. Sorry, honey. I do have regrets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Niagara Falls comes and goes. And uh, I think, I think uh, Cougar Bait said one month later and, and fancy, fan, not fancy pants, fancy socks. <laughs> that, uh, four months later, what, what, what happened next in this love story? We started dating and then um, I went off to, to DC for the summer. So we had to do distance for a little bit and then really kind of bringing it back to the trail. Um, that long, long peak trip happened. Um, and I, like I said, I was hooked. I mean, his family was great. I was definitely so excited to have someone that like pushed my, my limits a little bit and um, got me outside more. So it was it was perfect. It was great. So was Cougar Bait more outdoorsy at this point? He pushed you out of your comfort zone and got you out there on the trail? That's a really good question because like I will like bait his hook when we go fishing. <laughs> so like oh, okay. I'm more I, outdoorsy I, in some ways, <laughs> but he's more experienced on the trails. Okay. No defense. You don't no, want to say anything. That, that's a pretty good summary. I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm a former educator. So I, I like to use wait time just to see what comes out, just to you know, <laughs> see what develops. That was good. That was good. Okay. Now in long, tell us about Long's Peak. What, what kind of a, what kind of a trail or what kind of a hike is that? Long's Peak. Uh, highly recommend it if you haven't done it. Um, it's a 15 mile out and back. Um, there's lots of cool landmarks along the way. They come familiar with as you're doing it. Um, is this in Wisconsin? It's in the Rocky Mountain National Park. It's the okay. tallest mountain in Rocky Mountain National Park, um, one of the 14ers. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool trail. It's, um, you know, you, you leave kind of at crack of dawn, like a lot of these 14ers, you need to be um, off the summit and hopefully below tree line before like noonish or so, just because of lightning and storm concerns. Right. So you leave, you know, I think we left it like, 3am maybe um six miles of just kind of normal trail switchbacks and that sort of thing and then you start getting to like the landmarks of the um long's peak trail um if, if you're on the uh keyhole route uh, which is what we did so there's boulder field which is just right when you get above tree line um it's just what it sounds like it's just a 
huge expanse of boulder they just kind of hop from rock to rock um and then you go up that a little bit there's a ridge with a um just a chunk a notch off the rock uh and that's called the keyhole um it's a pretty cool spot to uh cross over and then you cross over the back side of the mountain there's the ledges um which again is basically what it sounds like there's the trough which is probably the hardest part it's like a 1200 foot vertical climb um very very steep and just kind of weaving your way through uh loose rock and stuff like that um and then so it's not just that, a simple it's not just a simple trail there's it sounds like there's some some class three scrambling there going on yeah yeah it's not mm-hmm. it's not technical but like it you know it's close and if it was like snowy at all it would definitely be technical so um right. yeah we we haven't done that in the winter or anything um and then from the trough, there's a narrows, uh, which again is what it sounds like. It's just very, very narrow mm-hmm. ledges. Um, and by that point, you're pretty close to the summit. It's pretty sheer drop-offs. It's starting to get pretty exciting. <laughs> um, and then the last part is aptly called the home stretch, which is just 700 feet of just like granite. Um, and again, it's not technical, it's scrambleable, but like you're you're hand, using handholds and and stuff uh to get to the very top and uh, it's pretty awesome, pretty awesome summit to be on. Now, now so fancy socks, laws. <laughs> fancy, fancy socks. Is is there an alternate version of this story? I mean, he's talking about being exciting. Was that was that your your uh, experience as well? I it was such a rush, and um, nice. I am very competitive, and was just determined because everyone was like, "Are you sure you can do it?" So I like ran the last bit of it just to like show people that I could. Um, <laughs> mostly out of spite. Um, but yeah, no, I had a great time. Like I said, I had never experienced anything even close to that before. Like we'd driven around by the Rockies and done, um, just kind of the touristy viewpoints, but that was just a completely different way to experience the mountains. And like, you really earn the view at the end and it's so worth it. Right. Now you said you're with your future in-laws at this point. Yep. Right. Yep. So that's a, that's a, you say that's a great way to meet your, your future in-laws. <laughs> they get to see you in these, these types of situations. And what was, what was their response? I mean, were they, uh, Cougar bait, maybe this is more of a question for you. What, what, what did they think of fancy socks after this trip? Well, they were, they were obviously very impressed because they're impressive. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was, my dad loves having a hiking buddy. So he was very happy and, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Nice. I love that. They were very impressed because you're very impressive that he said that very clearly. <laughs> That's extra points there. Nice job. You're now, you're now at 74. So, okay. All right. Now, now the two of you though, just have not only done hiking though. I understand there's also been some, some bike riding and camping or is, is it bike packing? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think we just get restless if we sit still for too long. Um, and in Madison, there's great bike trails and there's trails that we just hadn't gone that far out on. So we're like, what's a hundred miles from here? Um, like, let's see how we can do that. Um, and mostly just like weekend warrior stuff where we set a goal that we want to see, um, you know, however many state parks or, um, bike, however many miles or sign up for a, half marathon trail run that we're not prepared for at all <laughs> um yeah we just kind of like to stay busy i guess yeah okay half half marathon trail runs that you haven't trained for yeah and didn't know it was a trail run until we started running it <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Poodle bait, you just lost three points. You're back down to 71. <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, let's talk about May 2016 in the Grand Canyon. Take us yeah. through that. I understand that's a, that was a special moment in your story. Absolutely. So it was a, mostly a surprise. Um, I think maybe two weeks in advance, I told you that we were going to Grand Canyon. Um, but yeah, just planned a trip um, after we finished. Actually, after I graduated, you had already graduated. And fly out to Grand Canyon and do some hiking. Um, and on the second or third day there, um, we did the uh, South Kebab Trail down and next to the Colorado River, pull out a ring and ask her to marry me. And then we took the Bright Andrew Trail back up. She said yes. <laughs> so, yeah. That you really abbreviated that story. It was all <laughs> kind of you kind of rushed through that. Did, did he rush through the proposal? Was that what it was like? Fancy socks. So I was definitely in a rush to get down to the bottom because I knew he was scheming up something. Um, so we must have made like record pace on the way down because <laughs> I was I think I jogged like most of it and you were like slow down like <laughs> um but yeah so we made it down to the bottom and decided to dip our feet in the Colorado River and just kind of take it in and there was no one else around um the hike down is just such a breeze like if, I, that's what I remember the most is just being like I don't understand why this trail is like such a big deal or like all oh, the Grand Canyon like it's not a big deal. You can just hike down to the bottom. Um, I felt very differently going up. Um, and then also going up. Gravity uh, gravity has that effect. Yes. Right? I know. And with my blister problems, it was, it was something. Um, but, you know, I was so excited because he had proposed and um, I was trying to like call my friends and family to let them know. And the service was terrible, as you could imagine. So we were like hiking up and I'm like checking my phone to see if we have any bars and, um, you know, keep hiking. Finally, we get a bar that seems like stable. So I'm like, who should we call? So we called his mom and his mom happened to be out on a bike ride or something. So she didn't have the best reception either. Um, but I think it was Jacob said, so I asked Kelsey if she would marry me. And then I was like, and I said, yes. And then just silence on the phone, nothing. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> not a, a rough, great start. It's a rough crowd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out the call had dropped and like his poor mom is also like scrambling to try to get good service and we're trying to get good service. And um, she's like, wait, what did I hear? Like once we finally um, got back in touch with her, but she didn't know about it. Um, my, my family did. Um, but yeah, it was a very, very exciting time. We're telling everyone on the trail what had just happened. And, um, you know, I think I might've finished that hike in socks because my feet were like bleeding. So were they fancy? Uh, they weren't fancy enough. That was the problem. (laughs) They weren't fancy at the end. So (laughs) probably pretty holy. Right. (laughs) Now Cougar bait, did you have it worked out in your mind that there was a specific location where you were going to ask her to marry you? I had it down to two locations. Um, one was at the bottom, which is what I did, you know, next to the Colorado. Uh, the other was just kind of at like a, an overlook spot um, for sunset. So it was a little bit of a game time decision. Nice. And, and you were down by the river when you asked her? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, my like Phantom Ranch, um, I guess in the area, just down at the very bottom. Um, yeah, just on the shore. Like I said, we took our shoes off and soaked our feet. And then I set up a camera on a tripod a little ways away to capture the moment. And yeah, pop the question. And when he was uh, setting up the camera, did you have an inkling of uh, something was going to happen there? Fancy socks. It was a bit of a giveaway, but we do set up the tripod a bunch to try to capture moments of both of us. Um, so, yeah, it was a giveaway. That's okay. <laughs> now, did you have the ring with you at that time? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Any nervousness about uh, possibly losing the ring along the trip? Um, I'm sure I was nervous about it at some point, but it all worked out, so... <laughs> I, I talked to I talked to a, another group of folks who did the John Muir Trail. Um, Billy Yang, he's a he's an ultra distance runner. He hadn't done much hiking, and he kind of documented his trip along the John Muir Trail. And he went with a couple of friends of his. I think it's uh, Gabby and Elon, and uh, all the whole. Um, Elon had a plan to ask Gabby to marry him at some point on the trail. And he was always looking for the right moment, always waiting for the right moment. And he had this ring with him and he was petrified that during these you know, two weeks that sometime, somehow he was going to lose the ring or she was going to discover the ring on him somehow. And he waited two weeks. He, he waited. He, he was waiting for the right moment. And he decided the right moment was when they finished the hike at the <laughs> Happy Isles trail signs. So <laughs> I can Very say that's a good move just based off of you know, uh, gain engaged and then having bleeding blisters as you hike up the Grand Canyon <laughs> is, takes a little bit away from the romance, a little bit. But I would say that's like the best trail magic out there is to propose and get a ring like you're flying the rest of the miles, no, you know? Yeah. So nice. don't wait for all the men listening. If you have any takeaways from this. <laughs> is that the pro tip right there? That's the pro tip. <laughs> That's a pro tip. It's not the pro tip. It's a pro tip. Okay. Very good. Nice, nice job, Cougar Bait. Congratulations, you two. Thank you. It, Thank are you. Are you guys married now? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Mr. and Mrs. Got it. All right. But when we were engaged, we did Mount Kilimanjaro, which I think yeah. was possibly the biggest test <laughs> okay that's, that's perfect segue that's next on the list is, is kilimanjaro we're going to move on to uh, other stories of adventure and um tell us about the kilimanjaro hike which was february of 2017 so this is uh, a little less than a year later uh, you put the relationship to the test by by going through this really demanding summit yeah yeah. With the in-laws again. Oh, with the in-laws. Yeah. I mean, we have them to thank for so many of our adventures for uh -huh. sure. Um, but there is something about spending eight nights um, on the side of Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> you know, sleeping in a tent and sharing a toilet that really yeah. brings a group together. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had a toilet in the tent. That, that sounds, that sounds like glamping. It, it was pretty glamorous. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think digging cat holes is pretty difficult on Kilimanjaro, so you gotta figure out something. But so, was the toilet inside the tent? It was a separate a mini tent. Oh, mini tent. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to get go through the logistics of how that would work with the in laws <laughs> and the, the fiance. You know, 
and everything in the same tent that would be that wouldn't be good <laughs> no. No, not be good, no. No. no i don't know if i would be here doing this interview <laughs> <laughs> no it was a great experience and um it's really hard to train for you know 19,000 plus feet elevation um and i don't think you realize i mean i'm a pretty hard sleeper and we hardly slept i think all of us in the group because there's just so many changes and the elevation and you're exhausted at the end of the day but you can't sleep and um, we were required to drink a certain amount of water on the way up so we were all peeing constantly (laughs) like like every other step to go pee because good news is you're hydrated bad news is man you are peeing all the time yeah. yeah, all day. It sounds. Like, it sounds like a. You know. You know what I call that? I call that a Wednesday night. That's. That's just. You know, <laughs> being in your fifties and want to stay hydrated. You know, it's many trips during the night, so it's crazy. Yeah, I can. I feel like I can relate to being fifty. Like I'm ready for being fifty years old. Oh man, but no, it was incredible, and I. I don't know. I think we were all like just in such a daze on the the summit day um, mm. after lack of sleep and everything. But I mean, just looking back at those pictures, I can't even believe that that was, that was real life. It was once in a lifetime, but yeah, we took eight days to, to get up. And, um, I think one day is how quickly you can get back down. So. Yeah. Yeah. And now I've, I've, I've stood on top of Mount Whitney at 14,505 a couple of times. And I know that getting there, the last half mile getting there, I was stopping every hundred feet and taking a five minute break. I mean, the, the air was rare up there. 19,000 feet, 19,000 plus. I mean, what does that feel like? Well, the crazy thing. So we, I mean, we both did a couple 14 years before then. Um, but we, you end up the night before you summit, you, you know, quote unquote sleep at over 15,000 feet. And so I think that was a really crazy moment where we're like, we never even, We've been above 14,000 feet. Now we're sleeping at 15,000 feet. And again, quote unquote, because like we, I don't think we slept a wink the whole night, but we laid, laid there and tried to breathe for you know, a couple hours and then uh, started hiking. And then, yeah, uh, another 4,000 feet up. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel lucky, I guess, that um, we did it a slow way that no one got really sick. Uh, my mom borderline kind of, well, altitude sickness but um we all did okay uh but yeah it's a pretty crazy thing and the people that fail and get hurt on Kilimanjaro people that go up really quickly um and aren't ready for the altitude so um it's yeah it's a serious hike but it was incredible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any problems with altitude sickness N- nothing more than you know just kind of the normal headaches and feeling short of breath all the time um super exhausted but we yeah luckily we didn't have anything more serious Mm -hmm. so fantastic you guys have some some good summit pictures yes 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 we do thank goodness like i said i don't know if we really were like present mentally (laughs) when that all happened yeah Yeah, there'd be nothing worse right than to to finally summit after all this torture getting up there and just being so disoriented and out of it you forgot to take pictures i mean that would yeah It'd be terrible. I think we not believe that we actually did it. Yeah. We didn't have that photo evidence. Uh-huh. Agreed. <laughs> All right. What when was your actual nuptials? When did you get married? May. <laughs> the the following year. 
May 2018. May 2018. Yeah. Okay. All right. But before May 2018, you took another trip up to Oregon in August of 2017. Something was going on around that time. Yes. Yeah, that was an incredible trip. Um, it's kind of a last minute spur of the moment. We're like, how often does a solar eclipse happen? We should go see that. Um, and we should like really like do it right. Um, so we wanted to be right in the path of it. And gosh, we took some Spirit Airlines like terrible flight that got us there like 6 a.m. Uh, I think it was like middle of the night. And we're like, do we get a hotel room or That's do right, we just yeah. like try to sleep in the Portland airport? which I think we ultimately did. And yeah, it was very much done on a budget um, as much as we could. And hey, fancy socks, fancy socks. If you can sleep on top of uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, you can sleep, you can sleep in an airport. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now with the van life, like, gosh, we've, we've slept in lots of Walmart parking lots and other things, but um, yeah, no. And then we, found exactly um where we would be in the path and where the sun would be completely um covered and met some really really neat people and um stayed on this beautiful forest land and i don't know it was just a, a really cool adventure that and got to see mount hood and kind of appreciate the west coast which i think is ultimately what made us want to go back out there um, as soon as we got the van yeah for sure. and what was the the full eclipse like were you, were you in the path of the, you had to see the, the full eclipse? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, total solar eclipse, just, it's really unbelievable. It's, it's cool. It's spooky. Like you just kind of get chills. Um, that moment when it goes from a 99.9% solar eclipse to hundred percent, is just like night and day. Di- well, literally, literally feels like night and day difference. Cause you feel like it all of a sudden it's like, this weird dusk hour you look up and there's like a burning ring in the sky um and it lasts for you know i i think we got like four or five minutes of it mm-hmm. um snap a few photos just kind of like look around like this is really weird <laughs> that's this is happening and then you know the sun comes back out and back to normal yeah you know even understanding the science of it it's weird right it's it's pretty weird it's pretty uh, incredible spine tingling can you imagine, you know, 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago and, and being in the path and wondering what in the world is going on? It had to like, be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Mayans were all about, you know, their doomsday calendar. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay. And so did you also get married in a, uh, on the trail somewhere or did you have a more traditional uh, ceremony? So my family um, has a place that's kind of up in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, um, and I kind of saw it. Town? Yeah, middle, middle of nowhere, of nowhere. Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> um, Fargo is like the nearest big city, um, and that's big, like, big city. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I kind of saw it as an opportunity to get all the people that we care about to go see this you know, chunk of land that's important to, to my family. So dragged a bunch of people out to the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, and um, just had like acres to let people um, kind of wander and um, live music and all that good stuff. So it was very outdoorsy, um, but still, still traditional, still kept grandma happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep grandma happy. Absolutely. <laughs> we all understand that. 
<laughs> and a, a short year later, you took a great anniversary trip. Where'd you guys go? We went to Yellowstone and the Tetons for our first anniversary. Um, and that was another great trip. We really like love Grand Tetons and love Yellowstone and love that area of Wyoming. Um, it's so gorgeous. Uh, and we just drove out there and did some car camping and um, Georgia got to come along for that trip, which was a lot of fun. The Puggle. Um, the, the, puggle. Pu- the Puggle. She mm-hmm. tried to take on a bison. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, we fortunately were able to <laughs> catch her before she met the bison face to face. My my money my money would have been on Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's a nasty bark. Yeah. When she wants to. <laughs> oh no, she thought it was pretty neat though. That, yeah. was, that was fun. Yeah. Now this was before van life, right? This is uh, you said car camping you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before van life, although. We've been lucky enough to be able to go back there with the van. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we went there, back there last December. Um, got a little bit of like winter experience in the Tetons, which was really cool. We rented um, some fat tire bikes and biked to the Jenny Lake like Visitor Center. And we're the only people in the entire park, as far as we could tell. Um, and yeah, we got to see the snowy Tetons. And uh, that was a really fun trip, too. Now, you mentioned Jenny Lake, which reminds me of a previous guest that I had on the podcast, Mike Chambers, who had uh, a show. I think he still has a show on outside TV called Beat Monday. And it was about all about how much how much you could pack into, he and a buddy, how much you could pack into a weekend, what kind of adventures they could pack into a weekend. And one of the things they did was they went to Jackson Hole and they participated in what's called the picnic. Have you heard of the picnic before? No, tell us. So they start in Jackson Hole at the, I guess there's an arch made out of antlers. Yep. Have you seen that? So Mm -hmm. they get on, get on their bikes and they leave from there and they bike up to Jenny Lake. Mm -hmm. They then swim across Jenny Lake. They get to the far side and then they uh, then ascend the top to the top of the Grand Teton. And then they go backwards. They hike oh down, they God. swim back across Jenny Lake, they get on their bikes and they bike back to the, the antler arch in Jackson Hole. And it's called the picnic. The picnic sounds so benign that, that it doesn't yeah. sound like much of a picnic to me, but. <laughs> well, that sounds so cool. Yeah, what time it. of year does that happen? Do you remember? Well, it's not an actual event. Some guy created the, oh, the concept cool. and you can choose to do it when, whenever you want to do it. So Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Add it to the list. Yeah. That's a bucket lister. Are you guys big swimmers? (laughs) I, I am Jacob. Not so much. Kelsey's very capable. I try (laughs) not to drown. (laughs) Jacob only swims for survival purposes. You just attach a tether to her then and and let her do most of the work. Yeah. That's a good idea. (laughs) Okay. Now we talked about van life a little bit earlier. Uh, You talked about picking up your van in Idaho. Now, you know, there's lots of vans throughout the country. Why did you have to go to Idaho to get this particular van? Was this something special about this van? The van market is hot. um, And we were not the only people looking for a van um, 2020, 2021. So we were searching for quite a while and um, ultimately found this van that we wanted a Ford Transit. 
We wanted um, reasonable miles. We wanted it somewhat converted um, because we're only taking, well, Jacob's taking one gap year from medical school. Um, so we wanted to kind of hit the road. And yeah, we found this guy that um, is a carpenter and um, kind of outfitted the van for his family of five of them. So they had like a bunk bed and just did a ton of like weekend adventures in it. So it was perfect. And we've made it a little bit more um, office space friendly. Um, but yeah, it's been great to us. We haven't had any issues, knock on wood. Now, are we are we looking at you guys through a laptop camera, through a, a webcam, through your phone? What, what what are we looking at here? Just a just a laptop propped up on a <laughs> box that we found on, on top of the on top of Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> strapped to Georgia. Are, are you able to to move it around a little bit and give us a tour of uh, what you call home there? Oh boy. <laughs> or, or, or is the place a mess? I don't want to put it's, you on the spot. Oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. But I feel like that's part of part of the whole thing. Life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we've got <laughs> um our photo wall here. Not many walls. It's actually a window. Um here we're just outside. We've got curtains. So is that the back of the van there? The back, yep. Okay. Um uh, here, I don't know if you can see our RV map. Um mm-hmm. I see that, yes. Yeah the states that we've been to okay so pretty complete um and now here's where it becomes a mess we've got dinner out still um okay. the clothes is kind of propped up as i quickly change my shirt before this interview uh-huh. um we've got some storage up top and then we've got these is what used to be um used to be able to fold down and become a bunk so okay yeah lots going on in here but and are you guys sitting on the bed right now um yeah so this is a table um we have the table up right now but it can run down the bed okay and you have everything you need yeah yeah we've uh uh we've had kayaks in here we've had skis in here we've had fat tire bikes in here so it's kind of like our pickup truck van home everything (laughs) okay you know what i can relate to that because i'm gonna tell you a little story we were up in mammoth when the kids were young we had a it was a suburban or if it was an expedition i think it was a suburban and it's me and my wife mrs doc and we've got uh, the three kids when they were little and we have a bike rack on the back and on the back of the, on the bike rack, we've got five bikes, five bikes. And uh, my son and I decided we wanted to go see a movie uh, up in Mammoth one, one evening. And so the, the girls dropped us off and we came out of the movie theater when it was over. And Mrs. Doc was, was driving in the parking lot of the, uh, the movie theater there. And she caught, she caught the bikes in the bike rack on a pole as she was making a turn. She cut the turn too fine. And caught the bikes there and uh, kept going, just kept going. And the, the bike rack broke and the bikes, of course, fell to the, fell to the ground. Oh. And so what did we have to do? We, we actually ended up driving home eventually, you know, after we finished our stay there. But we, we uh, drove home in the Suburban with the five of us, with all of our luggage and with, our, with the five bikes inside the car. <laughs> inside the car oh, no. so it's like a, a, a 3d it's like a 3d puzzle it's like jenga right or, or a 3d tetris uh, getting everything in there but you you can you can fit a lot in there yeah yeah, yeah. if you believe <laughs> if you believe that's right <laughs> nice so what do you ascribe uh 
to vans being in high demand and van life really picking up. I know we've talked, we've, we haven't talked about it on the podcast. We've heard about, uh, you know, the great resignation, a lot of people leaving the, the working life and finding other ways to survive and, and subsist. And um, just kind of this, this movement of, of dropping out of what's traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think that's the case? Do you think there's something else uh, afoot? I think that's, that's a lot of it. Um, I, don't I think COVID forced us all to like yeah. stop and reevaluate where we're at, what we're doing, mm-hmm. if we're happy and um, kind of seeing that things can be really temporary. Like we thought, oh, we have to go into work every day. We have to, um, you know, kids have to go to school, like all these things that we just thought were part of life. And then literally one week it like flipped and that was no longer the case. So I think realizing that things are temporary and life is short. Um, I think people are kind of trying to figure out what they really want to be doing with it. If, you know, when, uh, when the next thing hits, you know, it's like, where do I want to be in life? And for us, um, we just knew we didn't want to be, we were just in a suburb of Madison, um, in a condo building where we were the youngest people by like 50 years. And we're like, this isn't us, you know, like we need to get back out there and find adventure. So the van was like the perfect way for us to do that. And I mean, there's so many cool ways that you can stay connected to your work and, you know, your family and everything else. We have a hotspot from Verizon and hotspots on our phone and we're able to do cool stuff like this and meet a bunch of cool people along the way. So I would definitely recommend it if, if you ever given the opportunity. Yeah. And I think I'm no, I'm no real estate expert, but I understand that across the country there is, you know, housing prices are just out of control. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as that continues to exist, I mean, that, that also contributes to people saying, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to be able to afford a home. I'm not, you know, why am I going to shell out this much money to live in a box, a small box when I can, I can go on the road and, uh, you know, park somewhere and have this, this incredible experience right outside the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that we didn't realize before we really did this, the amount of national forest and the uh, Bureau of Land Management um, land and other areas across the country that are just public lands maintained by the federal government and ready for you to come and just park and enjoy. Um, and we've made great use of that. It's It's been tremendous. I mean, you can find spots. We just parked for a week and, uh, you know, we're in a tiny little van, but when the world is so wide open, you know, Georgia loves wandering around. We'll go for hikes. Um, just wherever, wherever we are. And, um, it makes the world seem so much, I don't know, more, more your own when you're out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've yet to pay for a traditional campsite. We've been able to do it all like free spots, parking lots, um, lots of like Jacob was saying public lands. So yeah, we feel super lucky to be able to do this and do it, you know, relatively cheap except for gas prices. (laughs) (laughs) It almost seems like a secret, right? That, uh, you know, people, it's not widely known that you can, you can just park on, on BLM land or, or national parks and, and be able to uh, experience that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now from July, 2021 through February, 2022, how many States did you visit in your van? 49. Not Hawaii, but 48. And then Hawaii we did separately. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So 40, 48 in the van. 
does the van have a name? Does it have a trail name? Shelby. Shelby. Shelby, Shelby coming around the mountains. <laughs> nice. Nice. Shelby the van. I love that. Uh, Shelby would have a tough time, obviously, making it to Hawaii. That's a, that's quite a quite a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> but you do plan on taking Shelby up to Alaska? Or no? <laughs> We've thought about it a lot. We have. Um, Alaska is supposed to be our just vacation. Um, after a year of like finding spots and constantly, um, planning everywhere where we're going to be. So we are thinking of cheating with Alaska. Um, but there's still time. There's still time for us to change our minds. So (laughs) see if you can convince us on Instagram or something that the drive is really cool, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Very good. What's, uh, what's other than Alaska, is there anything in your immediate future? Well, we, when we hit 49 states and we're um, still making plans for Alaska, uh, we kind of decided that we should, you know, try to do all the national parks while we're at it. Um, we're not going to be able to probably do all of them, but we've also, we've done 44 during this time and we'd like to do as many more as we can before I have to go back to med school. <laughs> so. Okay. And that's a good trivia question. How many national parks are there? 63. You're almost there. I mean, you are two thirds of the way there. Yeah. Yeah. The goal is to be to 50 states and 50 national parks by July. So. Okay. And of the remaining 19 national parks that you haven't been to yet, what, what is the, the biggest attraction at this point? All of the Alaska ones look incredible, but the Channel Islands off of the coast of California, mm-hmm. um, I think that would be a really cool cool trip that i'm looking forward to taking someday yeah not so much in the van but um yeah yeah now one of the channel islands has a through hike on it oh really catalina you have the trans catalina trail that goes from avalon to the the northern tip and it's about 38 miles wow i've I've done it twice and i've got a third trip coming up this summer so i'm excited about that oh cool and fun fact there are bison on the island we just heard something about that recently where they filmed a, maybe that was on your podcast. Yeah, I think it was on your too. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, you true fans. You've heard the bison story. Yes, we heard it. There Love it. it. Love it. All right. Hey, Fancy Socks and Cougar Bait, you know where we are? Uh, the pro tip of the week. The pro tip inside of the week. You know your stuff. That's right. The pro tip inside of the week. Once again, we get two for one here. What bit of trail wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? Who wants to go first? I don't know if we have different ones, do we? Well, I can give it a shot. You can add something. Okay. But uh, I think, you know, just think about this a little bit. Um, especially when you're planning something like you're planning a backpacking trip, you're planning a big hike or whatever your adventure is. You really want, you feel the need to plan the whole thing out. I'm most of the time speaking for myself, but I think a lot of people, you know, plan every detail out and just stick to the plan, make it happen. Um, and be ready for anything. But I think that van life has taught us that being flexible and being ready to just change your plan at the last minute is a really good thing. Um, and be ready to abandon whatever plans you make and make new ones um, to fit your situation. 
Um, I just think that some of our best memories in the van have been when we change our plans at the last minute and something cool happens. Yeah. I mean, mine's kind of cheesy, but it's like, just freaking do it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think we had talked about the van. We had talked about seeing all 50 states. And when you're sitting in your house or whatever, it can be really intimidating to know like where to even begin with that. And I'm really glad we just, we, we did it and we made it happen and it's worked out great for us so far. Um, so looking forward to doing more of that in the future. Well, I think like, just, just like the two of you compliment each other. I think those two pro tips complement each other very well. You know, don't wait for the perfect moment. Just get out and do it. Just go do it. Uh, and then, you know, you can plan as much as you want, but plans change, you know, mother nature doesn't always cooperate. You don't always make your miles that you, that you planned on. You have to be flexible. Uh, as I like to say, Mike Tyson, I'll quote Mike Tyson here. He says, everybody's got a, everybody's got a plan. Everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the nose. Right? <laughs> and then, and then, and then you got to adapt. You got to figure it oh, out. Yeah. That's too good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. I hope our listeners enjoyed our time with fancy socks and cougar bait. I want to thank them for joining us this week. How can our listeners keep up with you two on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? And when you tell us about the social media, I want to hear what the story behind the parks and tech uh, handle on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So parks and tech is where we're at um, on Instagram. So parks, uh, what is it? Parks and tech spelled out and tech is T C. Um, so the story behind it is we were just like, if we're going to do this cool thing, we have to get an Instagram. <laughs> like that's what the people do. Right. Um, and so many cool names are taken. Um, but I think we might've even been watching the show parks and recreation at the time. Um, it's one of our favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, parks and tech just kind of, kind of came up, uh, appropriately spelled tech um, is taken. So I shortened it a little bit, but it kind of sums up what we're doing too. Like we're trying to see all the parks and we're working our tech jobs at the same time. So, you know, if we had had that story a little bit earlier, we might've gone with Leslie Nope or maybe just Nope for your trail name. Oh, but, that uh... would have been amazing. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> and okay. Feel free to take that though. If you want to introduce yourself on the trail as Nope, and they're going to say, oh, you're a really negative person. You can then explain, no, it's, nope. it's K-N-O-P-E, <laughs> right? Okay. We'll see if fancy sock sticks. I like fancy okay. socks. Yeah. That's good. All right. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmuir at gmail.com. I, I jumped the gun a little bit earlier, but here it is now officially. The Adventure Media Recommendation. I'm also looking to you two to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some kind of uh, outdoor adventure media uh, to keep our listeners connected to the trail. We call this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? Oh, man, we were not prepared for this question. Off the top of my head, if you haven't seen Free Solo, you should go and watch that because that is yeah there's some van life in that one yeah That's right. yeah van life and that is that is one insane movie insane. Uh, i've said before that i you know i know i knew going into the movie i, I watched it in imax by the way Ooh. i knew that uh everything worked out okay spoiler alert in case you're oh. listening everything worked <laughs> out okay but i was still watching you know yeah 
through my fingers. It was nerve wracking. It, yeah. it, it made you sick to your stomach seeing what, yeah. what he was doing. It's just crazy. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for us? What do we need to watch? Um, I got some good books for you. Yeah. Um, uh, Alone in Wonderland by Christine Reed about okay. the Wonderland Trail. She does a fantastic job talking about uh, through hiking from the, the female perspective. Really, really great book. Also, Journeys North by Barney Scout Mann about his 2007, I think 2007 trip up the PCT from Mexico to Canada. He does a fantastic job giving you the you know, kind of a firsthand experience of, of what it's like out there. I and mean, you really have a feel for it. And he does a great job of, of not just talking about it from his perspective, but he went back and he interviewed his trail family. Uh, I don't know how many interviews he had to, con he had to conduct. But he he tells the story from the point of view of from several different characters on the trail, and you you get, really get a good sense of it. Awesome. awesome, yeah, we'll check those out. Okay, and well, hang on a second. Uh, here we go. Next segment. What have we not asked you? Okay, <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of accent that is. My my daughter, she went a little crazy there, but. Uh, <laughs> Before we wrap things up, I've got one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What, what did we miss? What, what didn't we have time for? Uh, what, what have you suddenly realized that might be good for people to hear about this? What you got? Um, well, I am looking to do some solo adventures. Um, once Jacob goes back to med school, the plan was to sell the van and try to enter into that scary housing market that you um, had mentioned before. But, you know, looking at things, we're like, we got to keep the van. We love her too much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to some solo adventures. Um, I know we focus a lot on how good we work together. So it's a bit intimidating, but um, looking forward to seeing what's out there. And um, I mean, we're super inspired by all the people you've list, um, had on your podcast and all the sweet hikes out there. So yeah. I think we've seen a lot of the United States from the van, um, I think we're looking to see a little bit more on foot. So I think that's, you know, some adventures like that to come. Okay. You guys have to keep the van, have to keep the van. <laughs> and when Cougar Bait finishes medical school, you paint on the van, Dr. Cougar Bait, and you drive around. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine the adventures. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We'll think about it. <laughs> and depending on your specialty, you could you could bring out the surgical table and, and put it there with your, you know, right next to the van. Maybe there's a fold out. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Oh, outside of the van. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sterile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, you guys? Oh, our families are awesome. I mean, we bought the van and we didn't even tell them because we were so nervous that they were going to be like, what are you doing? Absolutely not. Um, but they're so excited for us. Like everyone we've met, they're like, this is a dream. Do it now. Do it while you can. Um, like no regrets. So I think just we've gotten so much support and it's been incredible. Yeah, absolutely. All thanks to our parents for uh, full support. <laughs> okay. And fancy socks, when you, you lifted your arm right there, I noticed either a very, uh, interesting looking bruise or a tattoo what do we have it there? Is a tattoo so when we got married we did a you know people do like unity candles or whatever um so we planted a tree at my parents land so um we've got a little pine tree but since we don't always get to visit it 
we got it tattooed. So Jacob has one too. It's a little different, but. <laughs> okay. And his is on the left arm. So very, very symmetrical. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if your puggle is barking at the bison standing in front of you. <laughs> the trail is the trail. Embrace the Brace suck. The suck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Thank you.